1: Good morning, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. A solemn day here at uh, WABC because it is the one-year anniversary of Bernard McGurk's passing. Our morning man and a great guy who was a close friend of mine, who I miss as both a listener and a colleague. And unfortunately, he passed away due to cancer. We're doing a whole tribute to him from 6 a.m. to noon. That Sid Rosenberg is anchoring. I'm actually going to be on. I think around 7:30. We're Talk about other issues as well but i'm going to be sure to mention bernie and a lot of you might be curious about how bernie's radio career got started well it just so happens in july of 2020 in our last show at two penn plaza i interviewed bernie and that was one of the subjects that we covered thought some of you might be interested in it Forgot. just
0: very briefly i got booted out of the marines i'm 18 years old I get booted out of my house as soon as I get back uh, to Yankees. My old man throws me out there. So whatever, that's fine. I'm uh, on the streets for a few years with the uh, with my uh, you know thug friends. A couple of arrests later, I, I get I, I experience an epiphany, and I go I get a, I have a girlfriend, and she's going to college. and She's like you got you have to go to college. So I went to college at uh, t- 22 years old. That October, I turned 23. And, I, I mean, it was at the very last possible chance, I saved myself. Anyway, I took an internship at WNBC Radio. I majored in communications, which, by the way, if you're listening and you're a young person out there and you're considering what to major in, do not major in oh, communications. That's the best it, piece of advice you can make. It's a total skate, day. waste of time major. You'll breeze through it, but it's worthless. You won't learn anything. Not a damn yeah. thing. That's for practical. Take take major in English. Right, Russian literature. And, right, something <laughs> like that, or, and then minor in, uh, if you want, whatever. So uh, I started WNBC as an intern, and eventually uh, I'm I'm working in the newsroom. I get jobs. I'm working uh, NBC News, WNBC Radio. Uh, WNBC-TV, excuse me, the sports department and uh, network news as well, uh, back in the day when Tom Brokaw was there. And so, anyway, Imus uh, has a job o- that, uh, that opens up as for a producer. I'm working at WNBC. I'm the liaison between the newsroom and the helicopter, when, the days when they had helicopters. It was Roz Frank on Imus in the Morning Show. And so I became the liaison in the newsroom, the studio, between the helicopter and Imus's uh, producer. Oh, she's ready to go. She's not ready to go. Blah, blah, blah.
1: blah. Uh, Just hearing his voice and hearing the humor that uh, permeated every syllable he spoke and the intellect that permeated every syllable he spoke uh, makes me miss him even more. God bless you, Bernie. To be continued.
0: He's your numero uno. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 W.A.B.C. Local Spotlight. Good
1: morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 W.A.B.C. I'm superstar Frank Morano. A lot of you have said to me over the years, you know, I've been following you since... The beginning. Now, the beginning is something different for everybody. For some of you, the beginning is when we started doing this show three years ago. For some of you, it's when I first came back to WABC in June of 2020. For some of you, it's when I started doing my own show on another radio station about uh, 12 years ago. But the real beginning in terms of me and broadcasting was on Staten Island Public Access, what was then called CTV and is now called Community Media. And I always think fondly of my time there because it was a great training ground, it was a great place to build an audience locally and at least learn a thing or two about television and broadcasting in general. Well, today, my worlds are colliding because my friend Johnny P., Johnny Potenza, the host of Up Late with Johnny P., is going to be interviewing none other than my friend and colleague, Curtis Slewa, who has also been something of a mentor to me in this business, they're doing a taping of Up Late with Johnny P. at Staten Island Community Media. And there are tickets available. It starts around 8 p.m. If you want tickets, you can email me and uh, I will get you in the studio audience. Uh, actually, you don't even have to email me. You can uh, email Johnny P. at JP plus audience at gmail.com that's the plus symbol so that's uplatejp plus audience at gmail.com and you can see Curtis live and in person and if you've only heard Curtis on the radio or seen him on television, to see Curtis in person is a sight to behold he has this incredible energy, charisma and magnetism and it's a great chance to see him for free, there's some other great guests on the show as well, Charlie Romo who's a terrific singer as well as a comedian. Canadian Jeffrey Paul. If you can't remember that email address, you can also just email me at frank.morano at wabcradio.com. That's frank.morano at I'm going to try and stop by there as well. Uh, I may not get there until about 8 30 or so, but uh, I am definitely going to be there and wish Curtis well and uh, pop my head in and make sure Johnny P is asking him tough questions. So hopefully I'll see some of you there as well. Beam me up to be continued
0: other side of midnight
1: 77 WNC.
0: local spotlight
1: New York City mayor Eric Adams this week did something I think is very positive and it has nothing to do with fleeing to Latin America He has asked a court to temporarily suspend The city's decades-old practice of offering shelter to any adult who asks, proposing that the protocol deserves an emergency pause while the city grapples with the still ongoing wave of asylum seekers who've been arriving for over a year. Borough President Vito Facella of Staten Island, my borough president, was on Katz and Cosby here on 77 WABC talking about that.
0: For the first time in quite some time, there uh, a lot of progress yesterday because the city filed in Manhattan something that reflects our position that, thank God, John, you've been voicing it for a year, of... Dealing with this so-called right to shelter consent decree. And what we've said, it really never was intended to accommodate tens of thousands of migrants coming in, costing billions and billions of dollars. And the city agreed with us yesterday and filed it. So maybe this is the light at the end of the maybe tunnel. Waiting for. Maybe common sense.
1: Maybe common sense would prevail. So understand what's going on here. If this is successful on the mayor's part, this revised plea from City Hall would suspend the decree under more tailored circumstances. Advocates are saying it still amounts to the end of right to shelter as we know it. Well, maybe it's time to end right to shelter. As we know it. So, this modification that the mayor is seeking, if approved by a judge, would mark the first major change to a practice that has been on the books since 1981 the so called right to shelter codifier. According to the mayor, as of yesterday, the total number of migrants who have arrived in New York has already topped 122,000. The mayor has warned that the ongoing wave, which now amounts to about 3,000 new arrivals a week, will destroy the city if the federal government doesn't intervene. I think the mayor is 100% right on this one, and I hope the courts see it his way as well. Beam me up! to be
0: continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
1: The other side of midnight. 77
0: Local spotlight.
1: Now, I recognize that sometimes juries in civil cases go a little too far, and sometimes judges in all sorts of cases make some mistakes. But I must say I'm a little disappointed over this court decision out of New Jersey. Yesterday, a New Jersey appeals court threw out a $223.8 million verdict against Johnson & Johnson that a jury had awarded to four plaintiffs who claimed they developed cancer from being exposed to asbestos in the company's talc powder products. The Superior Court of New Jersey Appellate Division found that a lower court judge should not have allowed... Some of the scientific expert testimony the plaintiffs presented to jurors at trial. JJ, worldwide vice president of litigation, and I'm sure they're just thrilled that they have a new logo which doesn't include cursive. Eric Haas said in a statement that the decision resoundingly rejects the junk science advanced by purported experts paid by the Mass Tort asbestos bar. The company again said that its talc products are safe and do not contain asbestos. The jury in the case. Had ordered the company to pay $37.2 million in compensatory damages and $750 million in punitive damages, though that amount was automatically reduced to $186.5 million under state law. And I guess my beef with this is if those witnesses were improper, then they should have a new trial. They should have a new trial where a judge admits only the witnesses that the appellate division will find are appropriate. Because it looks to me like the entire will of this jury was just ignored. So what was the point? What was the point in sitting through this trial for weeks for all these jurors, for the taxpayers to pay the bill and put the lights on for this trial for weeks, all to have an appellate court... Throw it out. It just strikes me as incredibly unfair. And I tend to think in an era where so few cases are actually decided by juries, we should lend a little credence to what juries say and do. And if we're not, if we're going to throw out their verdict, whether it's a criminal case or a civil case, send them back to the drawing board to deliberate again and to have this case take place again under The permissible circumstances. I'm not saying that they're wrong that these aren't junk science experts. Maybe they were. So let's have a new trial. Don't just throw out the verdict. Beam me up. To be continued.